When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We are on the clock with our fifth and sixth round picks in a DraftKings $555 draft. We got off to a hot start. A beautiful team. And now we're getting into the middle rounds, trying to make our way to a million-dollar winning team. And we're going to talk through our fifth-round pick, which is a little bit more straightforward, and a sixth-round pick, which is a doozy. We're going to figure out how to land on the right guy here in the fifth and sixth round to build out this superstar squad in a DraftKings high-stake draft. Let's do it. All right, Silas, we're pulling double duty. B. Kurt's taking care of babies. Trev is probably lifting weights or whatever it is that he does, uh, you know, with his with his life. But um, we are back on the clock or, you know, sort of back on the clock in the fifth, sixth round. And uh, we have built out uh, an amazing team so far here in the DraftKings $555 Millie Maker for anyone um, that you're watching this. The first video, we have already released two different videos in this series where we are making uh, two selections on every single video. And the four of us, myself, Silas, Beekert, and Trev, kind of talking through our thought process, uh, debating, discussing. So far, it's been a little bit straightforward. Uh, we've kind of all liked a lot of the same guys or the same guy and uh, come to basically the same conclusion on each one of those picks. And the first one of this this uh, video that we're recording today, we had a pretty similar process. But here in the, in the sixth round, which we'll get to in just a second, was is not quite so straightforward uh, on this team for the first time through six picks. So really quickly, I'm going to run down the team. Um, and like I said, if you have not watched the first two, this will be the team. But you can also go back, go to our YouTube channel, Spike Week on YouTube, and find, or you can listen to the podcast, the audio version, and watch our rounds one and two and rounds three and four picks. But so far, we drafted out of the 108 and got really lucky, got really lucky, and got Tyree Kill at the 108, came back around in the second round and took Garrett Wilson. Then in the third round, we took Brees Hall. And in the fourth round, Debo Samuel falls back to us in the fourth round. So all of those picks were, there was a little bit of discussion about Brees, but uh, some of the players who we might've considered other than Brees were kind of gone by that point. Um, and even Brees was probably a little bit straightforward, but Tyreek Hill, Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall and Debo Samuel, we come on the clock here in 
the fifth round and um, I'll kick it over to, to Silas right away to kind of talk through just some of the players that were on the board and ultimately the player that really we all kind of co-signed as the guy we probably just had to take here in the fifth. Yeah, so it was really a discussion between two guys. Um, we had actually brought them up in the round four for our round four pick. Um, I brought up Joe Mixon and then Birding brought up uh, Justin Fields, both of which we had literally thought there was probably a 2% chance that either of them would get back to us in the fifth. Um, and they both were there. So we were kind of talking it through um, because we had Brees Hall. It was kind of like a lot easier for us to just grab uh, an elite quarterback as the QB seven um, that potentially has QB one upside. So we were pretty much all on board, grab fields here. Um, the the sad part was uh, DJ Moore went a pick before us. Um, so we couldn't kind of hope that DJ Moore fell to this turn. Um, and we were actually hoping Kyle Pitts would fall back to this pick, but he actually went one pick before us again. Um, so we kind of are running low on, on our luck um, where, you know, we're getting our ADP value. Um, you know, it, we're, we're the fallers that we've wanted and kind of have dreamed of have kind of been there pretty much every way. Um, but, you know, not, not anymore. Round, round six is going to be a, a fun one. A hundred percent. I think it'd be easy for us to sit here and, make up things that we were discussing really at almost all of these picks. Like I said, Tyreek, we, it's just a slam dunk Garrett Wilson. There's a little bit of, of a debate, but I think ultimately Garrett Wilson made the most sense. And then same thing kind of with Brees Debo again, um, you can go back and watch the last video and see kind of how we landed on Debo. And then as, as Silas kind of outlined, Justin Fields being really the last of the elite tier of, of quarterback. Um, I understand if you wanted to say, Justin Herbert or something like that. But with the rushing upside that fields brings newly added weapon of DJ Moore, last of a tier around plus past ADP. Um, we know what can happen with quarterbacks on DraftKings. It just made too much sense. And so we did take Justin Fields in the fifth round. We come back around and everything Silas mentioned, you know, so George Kittle and Kyle Pitts go off the board there. Joe Mixon, another guy we would have considered goes off the board there. Um, I really like J.K. Dobbins as as well. He goes off the board there. So it does kind of dry up some of the names I think that would have been the most interesting. Maybe some of us might have pounded the table the most for those tight ends and those running backs. We do have an anchor in Brees Hall, so I feel really comfortable about any direction that we go. Obviously, we have the elite quarterback, so I'm not particularly interested with uh, interested in any of the quarterbacks, but I'm, I'm, I'm mostly interested to hear what you're kind of thinking uh, amongst running back wide receiver and tight end, because we were discussing a little bit briefly before we started recording that this is the area of the draft where I don't want to say things like ADP value don't matter because of course that's not, that's not true, but this is a, what I would call a really wide open flat tier from the guys at the top of the board all the way down for honestly more than a round, maybe multiple rounds. I, we could make case for guys that are going in the seventh round, eighth round of drafts that are not that different than the the air quotes best available player on the board here. So I'm very curious to hear kind of who stands out to you because I have some guys who I, I definitely do like, but I don't have anyone uh, like through five rounds, all of the guys that we literally all five of the first picks were like, I'm like, no, that's the guy. Like, I'm going to pound the table for that guy. Here is the first spot of the draft where I don't feel that way, and I could go uh, many different directions. Yeah, so, like, I, I know we kind of 
have talked about in the past. I feel like we're at the point where running back gets a little bit stagnant, right? You're kind of you're kind of playing for floor here. Um, you know, they do have some question marks, but I don't really see any of these guys really catapulting or really separating from this group. It kind of feels like we're in that RB dead zone. Um, mm-hmm. I know in in the Bulldog draft we took Cam Akers because he can be a, a full three down workhorse. Um, you know, he's kind of the only one that is probably different compared to everybody else. Um, but just based on, you know, who is still available and with this being full point PPR, I know there are a decent amount of pass catchers. Uh, you know, I'm more willing to punt off running backs being as we have Brees Hall. Um, so kind of where I'd be looking at is a wide receiver. Um, tight ends kind of flat for me. Um, you know, I'm not really feeling Goddard. Um, I do really like Waller, but I feel like it's too much of a reach. Um, I think there's a potential that he could come back, um, yeah. you know, probably next round. Um, so I'd be, I'd be personally looking at wide receiver. Obviously, we're not looking at quarterback because we took fields, right? Um, so yeah, you're, you're looking at kind of who has the most upside here, right? Um, and the two names really stick out to me. Um, it, it's really Kadarius Tony um, and uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. I honestly think Jackson Smith and Jigba is one of, if not the most talented wide receiver we've seen in the last you know, three or four drafts, like his talent level is up there with Chase and Justin Jefferson. And I know there's a a crap ton of target competition there in Seattle, but talent just like he's going to command targets. He's going to be open. Um, And honestly, I I don't see having Lockett and DK as a big negative um, because, you know, he's going to be in single coverage. um, And if they do put a safety over the top, then, you know, the offense is just going to be really damn good. Um, they're going to keep all three wide receivers on the field, um, and they should be scoring a hell of a lot of points as long as Geno doesn't revert to, you know, the Geno of the Jets. Um, <laughs> and we kind of talked about it in the last video. It's pretty much leverage on everybody else. Each of those guys could go off any which week, you know, but kind yeah. of what we're seeing. Um, yeah, we, and then Kadarius Tony, obviously. Point. It's a good point with the Niners. The Seahawks were another example that we mentioned as like a manufactured leverage thing. We're not expecting, again, from a season-long perspective, slotting J, right, drafting JSN in your home league and slotting him into your wide receiver three or flex spot or something does feel a little uncomfortable, you know, week one or whatever. But that's the great thing about best ball. We're drafting 20 players. We don't have to do that. We can bet on his talent and bet on the, the fact that he's just going to have a bunch of good weeks. We don't have to pick when they happen. Exactly. Um, and then the other other one I brought up was Kadarius Tony. Um, you know, we obviously got the DeAndre Hopkins news this morning, which is honestly pretty damn good for Kadarius Tony. Um, I know obviously having Hopkins would be good because it would again open up the field for him, um, kind of allow him to play more of like a all over the let him play in the slot, let him play outside, kind of play that jet motion type role. Um, and obviously having a more vertical threat would just kind of open up the field. They'd probably have to roll a safety over to Hopkins leaving him in single coverage, which, you know, he's going to win nine times out of ten. Um, he still is probably or projectably the wide receiver one for Patrick Mahomes. Um, I know they didn't use him a ton last year. He didn't seem like he was fully healthy, just been obviously a recurring theme. Um, but, you know, you got to bet on talent, right? <laughs> kind of goes to the JSN thing. Like, Darius Tony is debatably one of the most talented wide receivers in the world if he can stay on the field, which obviously is a huge if. Um, but another year in the system, um, he obviously was traded right around the deadline, right? If I'm not mistaken. Yep. 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 
right around the deadline. Um, you know, he only had, he was only there for, you know, 10, 10 weeks or so. It didn't seem like he was ever on the same page. They kind of used him as a gadget player. So hoping a full off season would kind of turn him into, you know, the player that they want and kind of make him Tyreek Hill kind of use him in that, in that way. I, so that's kind of where I, I'd be looking. I'd be looking at those two. I, I totally agree. I think it's funny because we were uh, recorded. If you've, if you've watched the videos, we drafted a bulldog team on underdog, which is a $500 similar uh, in terms of, uh, buy-in stakes high stakes tournament on underdog but it's also a very different tournament and a lot of the times we also got off to a very good start and built a good team that we all really loved there and a lot of the sentiment and conversation was around look we're in a good spot we're drafting the structure that we like we're draft getting a lot of the players that we like <clears throat> some fallers etc so let's not fuck this up let's it's a it's it, the the size of the bulldog is uh tiny for you know over a little over 400 people whereas this is 5200 people so it is they are both high stakes tournaments but they are very different high stakes tournaments the advancement structure here as we've outlined particularly in the first video uh is feels easy air quotes easy but there's still 5200 teams in this tournament and it is still very 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 top heavy very very top heavy one million dollars to first place out of a 2.6 million dollar prize pool with that being said a, we're all we're already very strong at wide receiver. So swinging on players like you just mentioned that have this home run upside, but definitely have a low floor, uh, in particular Kadarius Tony, is something I would prefer to do here because there's just so many more teams we need to beat, and we really want to finish at the top. Not that we don't want to finish at the top of the bulldog, of course we do, but we don't need as many things to go right from an upside perspective in a tournament like that as we do on here plus on DraftKings, uh compared to underdog they're 20 rounds versus 18 rounds it doesn't feel like a lot of a big difference particularly because you're adding on some just like scratch off lottery tickets at the end but it's a big difference that's that's two extra players that you get to add to your team particularly in full ppr there's really ways to manufacture points out of those extra people we've drafted an elite quarterback so we're really only going to draft two of of those guys and so i really like swinging here so uh silas didn't mention and i also probably really would not have mentioned the chris godwin uh tyler lockett mike evans michael Pittman grouping that you see at the top of of uh, the player board on wide receiver chris godwin is one of my favorite players if not my favorite player in the nfl i think he's an outstanding football player i think tyler lockett is very good mike evans is a good football player but michael Pittman's a good football player but i think what they bring from an upside perspective is not the same not even probably in the same stratosphere of what Jackson Smith, Ajigba and Kadarius Tony bring from a ceiling perspective. And for me, those are the two guys that absolutely stand out that I would really hone in on those two. I also think it's possible that someone from this group falls to the next um, pick that we would make. And, and you mentioned Darren Waller. I would be very interested in Darren Waller. I don't think we want to take him here over one of the wide receivers, but I think there's a decent chance that one of this kind of collection of guys we would consider here plus Darren Waller might be there at the next pick. So I think given that we've soaked up all this ADP value, we've got a really strong team. We can kind of take like we can take this swing sometimes on underdog with the way the wide receivers play out. 
you don't have that luxury all the time, right? You're drafting your wide receiver three or wide receiver four, and you're like, God, my wide receivers still aren't that good. I need, I, I, I need this guy to be good. So you say, okay, I'm just going to take Tyler Lockett because he's good. Mm-hmm. I know there's like a relative floor there. Kadarius Tony's floor is he's just a gadget player. Jackson Smith at Jacobs Flores, he's a slot receiver playing 50% of snaps, getting five targets a game. That's not great. But the upside, Jackson Smith and Jigba and Kadarius Tony are the only two guys in this range that have, I'm a second round pick next year in their range of outcomes. It's really not particularly close. Uh, Kadarius Tony could be the wide receiver one on the Chiefs, scoring a bunch of touchdowns. He's probably going to score touchdowns <laughs> even as a gadget player. And now you add on the fact that an offseason, as Silas outlined, uh, to grow with Patrick Mahomes and get, be in the system. They traded for him. He's a former first-round pick. I know he has flaws as a wide receiver, but guess what? Patrick Mahomes covers up a whole shit ton of flaws when you're a wide receiver catching passes for him. Just get open short, catch the ball, let the human joystick cook. Jackson Smith and Chigba, as Silas, as Silas outlined, is probably still my favorite over Kadarius Tony because I, I, I think – as you said, if there is a superstar NFL football player out of this group, he's the best bet to make out of all of that. And Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf being there is fine. You know who's you know who is a superstar and also has other good wide receivers on his team? Jamar fucking Chase is a really good wide receiver and has really good wide receivers on his team. But when you're a star, you're a star. And so the only reason we're getting JSN at these costs pick 60 70 whatever is because people are projecting volume and they don't know what to do because they're all good and when that happens that is a feeding frenzy in my opinion that's where you win that's what you know what i'm not saying he is this player but you know what happened you know the last time this happened at one people leagues cooper cup people said "Mm, cup woods right there's higby at tight end There's Van Jefferson as the ancillary guy. I don't know. I don't know who the guy is. But when you're a star, you're a star. And I want to bet on the guys that can be stars. And that there is a floor with JSN. He's not going to be nothing. He's not going to be nothing. And so there's one, there's that one player. So you get the same upside with JSN and Tony, like give or take, the same upside with JSN and Tony. And JSN does provide a little bit of a, a safety blanket just with. If Jason had, had been able to come out after his sophomore season, right, without all the COVID and the injury and all that kind of stuff, we'd be thinking about him very differently, in my opinion. Certainly, if he landed somewhere else, this guy would be a third-round pick. He, he would be going in that DK Metcalf area of the draft if he had just so happened to have landed somewhere else. And so I, I mentioned a, a, several weeks back now, but I was like, we get to this range of the draft, and I'm just like, I don't love any of these guys. Why don't I just take the superstar rookie who's like really awesome and just kind of let the room give me this potential? Like, he, it, why can't he be where go where Stefan Diggs and AJ Brown and CD Lamb? Like, what is the difference between Jackson Smith and Jigba and CD Lamb? CD Lamb got catapulted up to the first round. Why can't he be that guy next year? I don't really see why. And so, um, I know it's a couple pick reach, but like, I don't care about that. And so um, I do like Kadarius Tony and I'm not like pounding the table saying no God, when no locket or anything like that. But I just think he makes too much sense. We have strong, we have a really strong team. He brings a, a requisite floor in my opinion, but the upside is just um, insane. So 
there's my, you know, long-winded JSN uh, kind of kind of founding the table. Trev joins us here. What are you? Have you had a chance to digest the board? What are you thinking? Uh, a little bit. You know, I just caught on at the end of the conversation, and I agree with uh, the Njigua statements and Tony. Those are definitely the two upside guys here. I have one guy who I see in a similar tier, probably in my opinion, a bit higher floor, maybe not the same elite ce- uh, ceiling with Addison, just because we've seen. The amount I think Thielen had the second most routes in the league last year as a washed 31-year-old. Yep. I think Addison, you know, he's small, he's not an alpha, he's got Jefferson there. I think he can just go right into that role and they're gonna be throwing the piss out of the ball just yep. every game. I don't think their defense it might not be worse. I don't think it's gonna be much better. I think it's gonna be pretty below average still. So I think Addison is a similar guy, but just when it comes to being a prospect, you know, JSN hasn't beat there. So I think if we're just saying, yeah, 90th percentile, they're just balling out in Jigba, he probably beats him with ceiling. I will just add, if there's one of them that makes us back, makes it back to us at the next pick, Addison is a better bet probably to make it back to us at the next pick. Uh, so if we're splitting hairs, you know, if we, if we've loved both of them, I think Addison has a better chance to make it back. And I, I, I like, I like him as well. Silas, uh, what do you think about Addison and then any other names that you wanted to throw out or add on to the JSN Tony discussion? Yeah, no, I, I definitely like Addison. Um, I, you know, there's there's a real chance that he is the number two, and DJ Hawkinson's getting overdrafted. Like the, he could just be used in more of like a that mid tier uh, depth. I mean, Adam Thielen was terrible last year, man. Like <laughs> you could see the regression all over the place. So just injecting like a body that can actually beat man coverage and and get open in zone. Um, you know, might actually start getting peppered by Kirk Cousins. And, you know, that was used by TJ Hawkinson because he was such a big body. Um, but I don't think his first read is inside. It's typically outside the numbers. So, you know, Addison could be that guy this year. Um, but I do I do agree. I think he would be there next uh, next round. Um, so that would be my splitting the hairs. Um, you know, with, with how people have kind of drafted and, you know, how you typically see people who grab a lot of running backs in those mid-tiers, they want safer plays at wide receiver. Um, so, you know, you're going to see the Godwins, the Evans, the Lockets, um, you know, even Michael Pittman kind of go off, you know, pretty quickly over these next, you know, five, six, seven picks. Um, even if there are a couple running backs that, you know, might, might entice them as well. Um, so I feel like Addison will probably be there next round and he might even be there the round after just because, you know, DK is, DK is weird, man. Like they, they, they aren't really, uh, they don't love the shiny new toys. Um, you know, they like proven projection. Um, as seen by, um, you know, uh, what was his name? Uh, David Montgomery going in what third round. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I, I'd be on JSN or Tony. Um, my only counterpoint to, to JSN is I know he has the elite ceiling. Um, I honestly think Darius Tony might have a higher ceiling than JSN. Um, I know his talent sure. is obviously a lot greater, um, uh, but you know, attaching a wide receiver one to Patrick Mahomes is. You know, the sky's the limit. We literally saw Tyree Kill being drafted in the top six picks for, what, three years consecutively? Um, you know, if they use him in that way. Obviously, we're not – they don't share the same skill set. Tyreek is, you know, a million miles faster and can actually run routes, whereas Kadarius Sony is just kind of like a – kind of got to get him in motion. Yeah, you, you kind of got to get him in motion and, and manufacture touches. Um, but – I do like that Andy Reid and Matt Nagy will find ways to design touches for Kadarius Tony, and they might just do that more often this, this year. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So my lean would probably be on Tony. I mean, you can see that I have 24% compared to 8% for JSN. I, I love JSN. He's one of, he, I think he's my highest owned receiver on underdog. Um, but yeah, that, that's just where I'd be going. Yeah. Do you have a, the, yeah, Trev, you have a, I was going to say to the Tony point, you know, don't boo me off stage, but I think Kelsey's 34, you know, at some point, at some point it's possible. He may, I agree. he may start to regress and, you know, he's still going to be out there for 80% of the routes, but if he just can't target it a little less, they're still going to be probably the highest pass rate team in the league close to it. You know, if Tony does earn that role, which he's beating out what sky Moore just a living legend in Rasheed Rice. Like, come on now. Like, it's not, it's not that hard to see a picture. So um, I'm, not, I'm, I'm really close on all these guys. Like, you can you can paint a picture where any of them fall out and they end up as a one-two turn pick next year. Um, I think I think I'd be Tony over Njigba, uh just for – if we're just showing for pure upside, which is kind of the goal here with mm-hmm. how our receivers look and just the value we can probably get later. You know, I think Tony wouldn't hurt, but it's they're all just neck and neck. What pick is our next pick, Silas? Um, I'm just trying to like if I'm really pipe if we're really gonna let's pipe dream <laughs> a second. JSN does fall on DraftKings. Yeah. Been eight, so I don't even know. We got fourteen <laughs> picks. So he would have to fall pick five 80. or six picks. That's five 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 picks. I mean, we were just talking about how Addison is not the type of player that sometimes, the, uh, in particular in the 555 room, like you mentioned, where the people really want to lock in the the, the, the lockets, right? People are going to take locket over JSN. Uh, I'm not saying that's right or wrong or whatever, but I'm saying we, we view things a little differently. We just mentioned three players that a lot of people probably don't like or may not draft. Kadarius Tony, Jackson Smith, the Jigba, and Addison, because... They're very uncertain players. It's very hard to project, right? And if you do a projection, they actually don't project that well. <laughs> they, they project quite poorly, actually, as opposed to these other guys. And so I think it would be fair to say if we if we wanted to try to get two of these guys, Tony is the guy who is probably not going to fall back. I mean, the guy after us yeah. is certainly in need of wide receivers and has Patrick Mahomes and he picks twice before we get back before we get back on the clock. He's a very prime Tony candidate. No one is really a prime um JSN candidate and I guess the 101 you could say is a Addison candidate, but he's also already taken Lamar Jackson. It's not like he any it's not like just because you have uh, Jefferson, you need to take um, Addison. And so if we're, this is a, a, I actually like this kind of tiebreaker a lot of the times more than like a lot of the other micro levers we like to pull is like, well, if we like two or three of these guys, which one could fall back and not take that guy? Um, I don't think Tony will fall back. I'm not sure I, I would bet against JSN falling back, but man, I've seen a lot of DK boards and JSN is a faller. Um, more frequently than I ever would have guessed uh, six months ago or whatever. And so I think that that is fair. I just want to bring up really quickly, um, you know, people probably like you scoffed over Cam Akers around past ADP or whatever. And Silas mentioned that you guys took him in your bulldog draft. First, I will say we took him in the seventh round. Uh, Might've even been eighth uh, in, a, in the bulldog draft. It was a very different cost. 
we had a zero running back team. He was our first running back, correct? I believe uh, in the in the Bulldog. And uh, it's not that he's not a good PPR back. He's fine in PPR, but it just a little bit of a different scenario on, on underdog. He goes much later. And so it's a little bit of a different thing. And I think, you know, obviously all of those wide receivers were off the board when we were on the clock to take cam makers in the bulldog. So um, to kind of wrap it up, I, honestly, I'm down for all of these guys. I, I do think it should be probably Tony versus JSN here and um, see if Addison will come back, it, you know, let him be one of the guys that could potentially fall back to us. His ADP is pretty close to our next pick. So he's definitely a better bet to make it there. I do think I prefer in a coin flip JSN over Tony, but I mean, I like, I like Tony too. I know the industry doesn't. So we're going to get scoffed at for taking, you know, the, uh, the jet sweep player in the, in the sixth round or whatever. But I think, Dude, there's a mil- it's it's hard to even like elaborate. One million dollars out of two point six million dollars in the total price pool goes to first place. <laughs> like this isn't just like sometimes we'd laugh about how uh, top heavy tournaments are, and we talk about oh look at all this money in the top ten. That's what we'll do for and BBM's very very top heavy, but we'll say oh the top ten is like fifty percent of the price pool. It's like no like forty percent of the price pool goes to first place in this so i do want to swing for the fences i do think both of those guys are home run swings i think Kadarius tony is probably the biggest home run swing that exists in uh best ball this year so I, i'm comfortable with that i do personally lean a little bit to jsn but I, i'll kind of let you guys put your votes in and we can see where we land yeah i think tony just has no chance to make it back and when it's that close for me i'll say okay jsn probably doesn't make it back either but you know, I'll take the I'll take the chance. And uh, also to the acres point, you know, I talk about I always mention like, oh yeah, we can get value. It's drafting, we can get value. But at some point in the draft, the receivers don't have the upside that Tony has, right? Like it's like cool. I got Tyler Boyd twenty picks past ADP. Maybe he's a wide receiver three. You know, like we're maybe we're saying okay, maybe we're getting the wide receiver like six overall here. You know, there's a chance, right. there's a possibility. Right, so, a first-round pick. These guys could be first-round picks next season. As you mentioned with Travis Kelsey, I always think that's important to to talk about with Kadarius Tony. It's a little bit of nuance because where you go next season isn't always 100% because of what you did last year, right? Bijan goes in the first round. He's a rookie, whatever. But, like, if, if, if Travis Kelsey is still, like, good Travis Kelsey but not the absolute superstar Travis Kelsey that we've seen before – the opportunity that exists on the best offense on the planet with the best quarterback of all time is like, you can't even like really put a number on that, dude. It's like, it's fucking insane. MVS. Let's walk it through. just super quickly. MVS is a role player. He, he's he's going to play on the outside. Cause he blocks. Cause they got a bunch of little dudes. He's going to block and run some down the field routes. Right. Sky Moore's probably competing with Richie James for the slot role. Sky's a little guy. Richie James, a little guy, Richie James, for sure. A slot receiver. I think Sky's best potential is is that in the slot on the on the other outside is probably where you have tony competing with rushy rice and justin watson and justin ross and like so i think there's more to his potential role than maybe he's given credit for because it's really easy to dunk on him and say look he didn't even play in the playoff run last year he's been hurt all the time and i get all of that but like they is you, like if there's a guy here 
JSN is, is somewhat in that camp, but JSN's going to be playing with DK Metcalf last year, <laughs> next year. Like it's a fact. Like uh, you know, so it's tough for him to get to the first round. If Travis Kelsey regresses and Kadarius Tony is this first round player who's demanding real targets on the Chiefs, why is he worse than the guys that go in the first round as wide receivers? And that's the guy we want. That's what wins you a million dollars in this in this tournament. Um, it could fail, but I don't care about I don't care about failing. I care care about trying to win a million dollars. I mean, he won me. The Kadarius Tony won me seventy five thousand dollars. Yeah, I, I, I freaking I freaking love the man. Like you <laughs> <Yeah>. know, <laughs> there, there's no doubt about it. Um, yeah, I, I think if, if you're looking at it in that upside, like you know, JSN provides leverage, you know, off everybody else. Whereas, you know, and that might be crucial going into the playoff weeks. And he's kind of like a, a big win, small miss player. And Kadarius Tony's kind of the opposite. Like he's a huge hit, huge miss. Yeah. And potentially, like, you know, theoretically, he could tank our season. But it's a sixth round player as our fourth wide receiver with so much upside that we could literally blow everybody out of the water based on how we're drafting. Um, so that's kind of why I lean to Tony. It's, you know, he, he's the type of player that, you know, he might have a super high advance rate, but he's not going to be paired with Debo, Garrett Wilson, Tyree Hill, yeah. who are guys that can go for 35 points in any given week and help us to advance the, to the Millie week um, where we're actually hosting the trophy at the end of the year. And this is, you want to talk about upside as a team. Think about when the upside came. Well, Tyreek just needs to be Tyreek, which Tyreek is going to be Tyreek. Spoiler alert. Tyreek's only flaw is Tua. Tyreek's flaw is not Tyreek. It's, it's just Tua's brain. Um, Garrett Wilson is Garrett Wilson's going to be a certain level of good. We just want him to be, you know, top five pick next year. Good, ideally. But he's going to be like, he comes with the floor as well. Brees is a total home run swing with a certain level of floor relative to to running backs. Debo is the, you know, best player, him and CMC, the best player on an awesome offense. Like think about showing up to the playoffs with Tyreek Hill as the, you know, Tyreek Hill had the highest target share in the NFL. It it was Cooper cup and Tyreek Hill. People forget this because Justin Jefferson was so good. And Jamar chase is amazing, but like the guys demanding the most targets were Cooper cup and Tyreek Hill last season for the majority of the year. You obviously cup got hurt. And Tyreek had Tua injury issues, which kind of changed some things. You show up with Aaron Rodgers' best two players, right? Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall. Tyreek Hill, the, I don't want to say the best wide receiver in the NFL, but certainly the most dangerous. Like uh, Opposing defenses fear Tyreek Hill more than they fear anyone on the planet, including Justin Jefferson. Debo Samuel, who's one we talked about in the last video, one of the best like actual football players on the planet. Justin Fields could absolutely break fantasy if the team is not complete dog shit around him like they were last year. And then you say, hmm, let's toss Patrick Mahomes' number one weapon <laughs> onto this. That's what we're talking like. That's the ceiling that we're talking about showing up to week 17 with. Will it hit? I don't fucking know. No one knows. But the 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 ceiling case is you through six picks, through five picks, our team is loaded as it is. No one would even really argue that. Through six picks, we could have like the rest of the shit doesn't matter on this team. Like that's legitimately possible if it hits. And that's what I want. I want that. And that like Chris Goblin doesn't give you that. Tyler Lockett doesn't give you that. Michael Pittman doesn't give you that. Right. JSN might not give you that, but Kadarius Tony does. 
Yeah, and I mean, to your point, I, I sent somebody a picture of our first five picks, and he said, I'm not entering the 555 because you guys already won. <laughs> Certainly don't draft Tyreek Hill in the 555 because uh, you don't have the best Tyreek Hill team. I'll tell you that much. So uh, any, anything, I, any, any, anything else just while we put a, a, a bow on it is, is Waller something we should consider anything like that, that we just want to toss out there before we uh, do make the Tony pick. I think we don't need to think about tight end as much. Uh, I personally really like Waller. He's going to be the, I think he's going to be the wide receiver one. They kind of got him to be their, their big wide receiver uh, acquisition because the giants kind of obviously need one. Um, but kind of looking ahead, I mean, four teams already have a tight end. Um, so probably not going to see them kind of grab one. Um, so you're kind of really looking at eight picks of potentially grabbing two tight ends that could potentially be tight end one in uh, Goddard and, and Waller. Um, obviously, Goddard has a higher ADP, um, so he's probably going to go first. And a lot of these teams need wide receivers. So, you know, it, they're, they're going to be trying to grab those really safe, safe guys that we, we're kind of avoiding right now. Particularly the 102. He needs a lot of things, but he definitely needs some wide receivers. Trav, what do you think? Waller, uh, anything else? Anything else? Just, I, uh, I absolutely love Waller. I think he's my most drafted tight end. He's up there with like Pitts and Chig for me. You know, I just think. <laughs> he, could, he could be he was in they had him in a shit role with like a gotta get a fucking chig always every day man uh, <laughs> but he had like a 13 a dot last season and was coming off injury like it was just ridiculous i don't know what they were doing with him in las vegas but uh i think he's gonna be great but despite me saying that Kadarius tony kind of gives me tra- uh, travis fulgham vibes you know it's just that little short stint of being elite uh i think he's definitely just the most dangerous player on the board and out of everyone left, you know, he could just absolutely dominate. So I think I think he's the pick for our team, and we just wait and hope that we get one of our tight ends later or we get a receiver that falls. I love it. I think we've landed on it. And, I mean, I will say some people um, would dislike some play and, and do dislike players like Kadarius Tony, but I don't think you can argue with through six picks – what we set out to do has basically been achieved. We said this specific tournament is so top heavy. It's not that small. I mean, 5,200 people is not like tiny. We understand the advancement structure is a little bit easier, but it's not like a slam dunk. Like you do still have to finish top two out of your league and then beat five other teams and then beat four other teams. And they're all going to be spoiler alert, really good because they made, made the playoffs. It's not like a complete slam dunk. And then it is a 29 person final where we, we want to get at the top of that 29 person. Like we want to, obviously we want to get first, but even then we want it like it's 150 K to second, right? Like, like it falls off very fast. We want to get very much as close to the top as we can. We set out to swing for a million to swing for this. And we did it in a way that we didn't have to do anything stupid. We took the best player. We took fallers and we took the best player on the board through five rounds. And then we just decided at the sixth in the sixth round pick to take a swing. And it wasn't a reach. It wasn't anything crazy. He goes around here and there's obviously an upside case. And so just to read it off for everybody, if you're tuning in, you know, partway through, or you fast forwarded because you didn't want to hear us talk about uh, (laughs) Kadarius Stoney for 30 minutes. Through six picks in the DraftKings $555 Millie Maker Tournament, Justin Fields at quarterback, Brees Hall at running back, Tyree Kill 
Garrett Wilson, Debo Samuel, and Kadarius Tony at wide receiver. I can't really dream of a much better start. I mean, uh, we could quabble over uh, quibble, quabble, whatever the hell the word is, over a couple of uh, little little things. But man, um, this is pretty fun. I'm 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 pretty excited for this team. I'm excited to uh, see how it goes. Any last things before we sign off, uh, Silas? No, just you know, if if you go to fast forward to week 17 uh, and and you saw this grouping of players and you saw that you have dropped 200 points in a week in DK, like you would not be surprised. They all have that insane single game ceiling upsides that I keep talking about. Um, so like I, I'm in I'm in heaven right now. This this team's freaking awesome. Trev, yeah, uh, I feel just the just the absolute upside we have at every position. It's like you can make a case for all these guys being in the first round next year. You can make a case for all these guys being the guy you need in week sixteen, week seventeen. You know weird combos where okay this guy doesn't go off in 15 or 16 we're the only one out of 29 who have him and he just explodes so i just think the potential we have is just it's absolutely amazing obviously there's a reason that guys are going in the fourth fifth sixth rounds they're not perfect but i don't think that matters too much for how we build our team you know we're gonna be good boom you guys both nailed it we'll be back in a couple of days. Uh, sometimes the picks fly off the board really quickly. Sometimes they they take a little a little bit of time. But sometime about every two days or so, uh, we'll post another video. And make sure you subscribe to the channel to stay up to date on this team, which is gonna win a million dollars in uh, seven months or whatever it is. Seven months from now, we're gonna win about a million dollars. We'll be back in a couple of days with round seven and eight in the DK five five five. Peace. Those were some spicy takes. Want to stay up to date with all of the other spicy takes we're going to have over here at Spike Week? Why don't you press that subscribe button below? If you turn notifications on, we draft a team, boom, you know about it. We have another spicy take, boom, you know about it. You can be there. You can draft with us. You want to stay up to date? That's how you do it. All right, we'll catch you later next time here at Spike Week. Thank you.